I mean, what comes into your mind when you decide whether or not you're going to come and be a part of the 10 o'clock hour at the awakening? Do you get up, or maybe it's the night before, and you start to say, I don't know how well I'm feeling. I, I, I think I can get a pink slip for tomorrow. Do you get up on Sunday morning and sort of gauge it by how well the kids are doing, right? Do you settle in and think in the back of your mind, oh, yeah, that's the duty I'm supposed to do is go to church to be a good Christian, and so you come out of duty. How, how do you go about making your decision to go to church on a Sunday morning or not to go to church on a Sunday morning? Because more often than not, I think in our culture today, the decision is based more on us than it is on God. But the reality is, for us to come together in a worship environment, it's not for us, for mostly. It's because of our honor and our love and our worship of God and where he stands out in our life. And, and hopefully by coming together, there is definitely the encouragement, there is the sharpening, there is the word of God that speaks into our heart. But how do you make the decision whether to come to church or not? I'm not going to throw up a bunch of statistics, but friends, people are voting on church with their feet. They're not coming. They're not coming. Now, we're in a nice season of some growth and dynamics here, which is exciting, but more and more people just seeing as, why, why would I need that extracurricular activity when I have all these other activities going on? So the prominence and the center place for worship and church involvement is crumbling in many ways. But yesterday at men's group, Drake over here did a great job of sharing his passion with us. He took us a little bit on a world tour and started sharing about what God's doing around the world and the mass movements of people coming to know Christ, people following Christ, and whether it's in Nigeria, Africa, or different parts of Africa, or in uh, South America, or in China, or Vietnam, there are masses of people who are coming to Christ and worshiping God. You are not in a minority. But in America, there has to been some shifting in the last few decades. I want us to recapture some of the heart and the freshness for why we make the decision to come together to be a part of the body. Because I believe the dynamic of this community in worship, in community with one another, is the most powerful means we have to reach our lost world today. And that's one of the reasons to do sort of some of this family connect time. There's this verse that's found in Hebrews. Hebrews says this in 1025, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What day is that referring to? When Jesus Christ comes back. And so the writer to the Hebrews was saying, Wake up! Do not go to sleep on this meeting together idea. Make it the priority. Uh, I don't know. It's awful early today. How are things going? Where am I going? I've got to get there today and do this. I'm just tired from the week of work. It was really hard. All those thoughts that go through our mind, let this verse go through your mind and let it be known that, that meeting together for the honor and the worship of God and the encouragement of one another is a critical, critical piece of our life. It should be at the foremost front of our schedule, not the thing that easily gets trumped. 
It says this in Acts. You're familiar with this passage. They devoted themselves in Acts 2.42. This is after, of course, Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He ascended into the heavens. His spirit came and possessed the people, right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to everyone as he had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, when you read something like that, knowing where this place is at in scriptures, doesn't part of you want to go, Wow, I would have liked to have been part of that. But I want you to know something. That's not just ancient history. That is present, modern, real-time activity and experience that is happening in different parts of the world. And I believe some fresh awakenings at the Awakening Church are happening as it relates to the Acts 2.42 passage. In fact, we've had the last couple Sundays in our home, Melissa and I have had some beautiful experiences and uh, the one two weeks ago was Newcomer Connection or Newcomer Social. Some of you are in that picture because you were new. A few of others there have been around just to bring encouragement that day. But we had like 30 people, I don't know how many in that picture, that uh, were there for our Newcomer Social. And I wish I could just go around and have everybody introduce and, you know, hey, hey, this is the person, that person, that kind of thing. But it shows new life in the coming together. And uh, we had not bread that we broke, but we had desserts and appetizers. It was a beautiful experience. And then last week after church, around five, we all started to gather at the Bowman's house at our new home. And our new home, uh, I felt God, Melissa felt God gave it to us to do experiences like we experienced last Sunday at five o'clock. So we had this big backyard, and backyard, I felt, um, you see the guy sitting there? That's me. My son is flying a drone, and he took a picture of me. But I remember sitting there that day going, that's an expensive little drone, but it's a pretty cool toy. <laughs> but I was sitting there and uh, just admiring the view that we have from our backyard, many of you experienced, and just asking God, you know, how do you use this place and not only our place, but every home in this valley to see people come together, to, to greet one another, to break the bread, maybe to focus on the teaching of God's word in those moments. And there's something contagious about great, rich, biblical, Christ-centered community, even if you're sort of on the outside looking in, right? It's just sort of neat. I'm going to pick on Benjamin again. I've done it every meeting so far. Benjamin's in the back corner over there. And Benjamin, you've been here now a week and a half in Southern California. He was looking for a car to buy. I was selling a car. He bought my car. He made it to church today. I'm just so thankful again. It's still working. And um, he's from Michigan. And I said, you know, hey, I got this potluck. Oh, I'm looking for a church. He came last Sunday morning. He came to the gathering. He came to, uh, he was going to come to life group, that kind of thing, came to men's breakfast. Why? Because people long to be, not because they got a weakness. We are wired to be relational and to be together. And God uses that togetherness to really work. And so it's not just about what happens 
to have the meeting on Sunday morning like we've talked about, but the meetings and the gatherings during the course of a week. And we had a beautiful experience last week. I'm just going to let them run through a few slides here. Uh, and yeah, everybody wants to try to find their face, and then you're going to go, oh, that's a terrible picture or whatever. <laughs> but uh, we had, if you weren't able to be there, we had uh, 120 people, counting kids, packed into our home for the first the gathering, second Sunday of the awakening. And uh, so people got to know one another. People interacted, even with my dirt backyard uh, that I don't have any idea what I'm going to do with. But it worked. And um, there was so much sharing and interaction that I was just, I wish I could have slowed down because I was dealing with some logistics to say, you know, wow, wouldn't it be just cool to, to just live in this kind of strength of community every day. But then I remembered that we all have to go work and we're responsible to take kids to school, right? So it was just a beautiful experience. I'm so grateful so many of you took advantage of it to come out. Don't feel bad. We're going to be doing the gatherings once a month here for uh, the next few months. And uh, if you uh, missed out and you're feeling bad right now, well, then you should. (laughs) A lot of nice smiling faces there, huh? So how many of you got to know somebody last week a little bit more at the gathering? You did? Yeah, see. It's like pull them out of the, uh, the rows, get in some circles, and uh, see what God can do and work with it. And so hopefully you can remember those names and go from there. Joe, why, why is Joe at the dessert table always? I don't know. <laughs> just just <laughs> And uh, the, the kids had the bounce house. We had a snow cone machine. Then we uh, gathered up inside, and we met together for a few moments um, in our great room, and we shared. But there's something beautiful about not neglecting the coming together of the believers and new people together um, just to be in community and to hear from God. And I don't know, some of you, um, you can go to the next slide, the moment this is me taking a picture one of those little panoramic things and i i thought about doing it this morning i'm not i'm just going to send you there tiffany over here did a live cam thing right was angie's idea well that was great i I think it's on facebook or the awakening facebook thing and so it was like five minutes and some of you are freaking out embarrassed like what are you taking this video is this going to go on facebook right over There was a moment as I was standing there um, when we headed into some of Joe's worship and when Joe segued into the song, How Great Thou Art. Remember that? Was that a moment? That was a moment. Because you're with friends and family. You're in a safe place. You're centered around the most important thing in all the world and all of eternity, and that is Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God gathers in those places and begins to minister encouragement to us. Don't neglect the coming together of the saints, as it says in another version. And I want to encourage us to, whether it's a part of a Sunday morning weekend service, part of a life group or part of a gathering or other experiences we're going to be talking about here today, to really make the body of Christ, a priority. It's only what we pour into it as we get to know one another, love one another, love and be loved, rejoice, rejoice together, 
mourn with one another, whatever may be going on. Just a beautiful experience because God um, joined with us in that time together. I want to share with you a vision that I cast in that moment as I was looking at all these people. And it has to do with our next run that we're going to make. Our next run is moving towards Easter. And we established a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious, God-honoring goal. And that is we'd like to have 400 people for Easter, which is twice what we had last year, pretty much. We're going to go have two services, 8.30 and 10 o'clock, as I have mentioned in the past couple of weeks. But we are going to take those four or five weeks, beginning with Palm Sunday, and wrap them around a film, in one sense, that's coming out on April the 7th. Some of you may be familiar with a writer, an author, a speaker, um, an apologist by the name of Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel was an atheist. Lee Strobel um, worked for the Chicago Tribune, and his wife came to know Christ, and it rocked his world. And they have done a movie about Lee Strobel's story, Lee and Leslie Strobel's story, because um, Lee has a book called Case for Christ. And the Case for Christ movie is coming out, and I want you to watch a trailer of that that we watched at the gathering last Sunday because beginning April the 9th we're going to start a series on the case for Christ and I mean on April the 9th um, but we are also going to um, launch uh, another gathering in April that's centered around this film and I'll talk about that more in a second You sit in a movie theater in the dark anyway, right? It's not that much of a change, much of a difference. Yeah. If somebody wanted to do an investigation into Christianity, where would you start? If the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, it's a house of cards. You sure you want to give me that loaded gun? I'm pretty sure you're not going to be able to pull the trigger. I've spent my entire career as a journalist, uncovering the truth. Until the day my wife presented me with the biggest story of my life. I'm not going to lose my wife and my kids to something that I can't even reason with. And what happened next changed me forever. How can we even talk about historical evidence for the resurrection? The Gospels are filled with contradictions. The empty tomb is based on evidence. And isn't evidence your trade? We all bet our lives on something. The question is, what's it going to be? As much as I would like to help out a fellow skeptic, what you're proposing is impossible. Could Jesus survive being spiked to the cross? There is no evidence of anyone ever surviving a full Roman crucifixion. Just because I write something down and I bury it in the dirt, it doesn't make it true. What I felt was something more real than anything I've ever felt in my life. I'm praying for you. Do you really want to know the truth, or is your mind already made up? Stop blaming me and the church and God and do your job.
ever proven if the shroud is the actual burial cloth of the Christ. But whenever someone looks in those eyes for the first time, suddenly becomes a real person. So what do you think? Think it'll be a good movie? It's not just a good movie because of the whole evidence for the resurrection, the case for Christ, those kinds of things. But it's really a personal life story about God changing a very sharp-minded man, his wife, and their whole family and the trajectory of life. And they've got some really good actors in there. And Lee Strobel himself will tell you, he says he doesn't tell you this because it's a movie about him. He says it's a really, really good movie. It's not a cheesy movie. He says that's not a cheesy Christian movie. And it's a great movie to be able to invite people to. So on your post this morning that you were given, you got your post? I need to see some orange post-it notes. You might have thought that was put there by mistake. Can you show me your orange post-it note? There we go. You got, if you don't, you, there's ushers at the back. It's more. All right. That orange post-it note is for a pur- purpose. On April the 16th, Easter, our goal, 400. The only way that's happening is not by us going door to door and hanging door hangers. No, it's by you taking the initiative to invite others to church. As I often say, some people are only one ask away from coming with you. And I say, I don't know anybody that's only one ask away. They're going to be one laugh away from, uh, you know, walking away from our friendship if I invite them. Don't believe it. It's not your ministry. It's the Holy Spirit's ministry. You don't know what God's doing in the lives of your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, your extended family. One ask away, maybe, from coming with you to be a part of a service and a community then that can end up changing their life as they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and let Jesus lead their life. So the post-it note is for the challenge. And the challenge is your invite five. Your invite five. Now, I'm going to give you a minute. And you're going to write names down on your invite five. Some of you are going to be able to write names pretty quick. Some of you are going to stare at me with that deer in the headlights look going, this is awkward. But if we don't take time to practice it, then we may not see those five go. All right. So just 60 seconds. It's going to be a long 60 seconds. You can pray. You can write. But these are your 60 seconds to think about five people that you're going to invite for Easter service. We're a month out. We're getting ahead of the game. Thousand fifty five, one thousand fifty six, one thousand fifty seven, one thousand fifty eight. Mississippi, is that how you're supposed to do it? You're done. Well, at least for right now. Thank you.
Honestly, those last 60 seconds are divine moments that could change somebody's life forever. By you even beginning to think about who you could connect with, who you could invite. And again, it's not like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of bells and whistles. What a powerful Easter service. It's the presence of God working through the community of Christ as the community gathers and we focus on God's word. I want to um, then give us another challenge. We threw this down at the gathering Sunday evening. We are going to go to the movie as a church. And we can buy tickets there. We can get tickets in advance. Or we could rent out our own theater. We found out that the smallest theater is 192 people. Is that right, Angie? 192. Now, I've done the math. This isn't that difficult. Uh, Some of the leadership talked about it this week. There were some different opinions here and there. But after staff meeting, the staff just decided to take this BHAG before you. We would like to rent out a theater on April the 9th, sometime in the later afternoon. We don't have the time yet because we don't know if we can do it yet. Because if you invite your five and and family members, it's rated PG, by the way, so you're good to bring kids kind of deal, is that we wanted to um, be able to have everybody in a room together like we had for the gathering at our house last Sunday. And the fellowship, the mixing, we'll put maybe some name tags on people, but gives us a chance to give a little bit of encouragement before the film and then after the film. But 192, 192 with the cost that they're charging us, that comes out to be around $1,600. And so we figured, isn't $1,600 worth a step of faith to see if this will happen? This is the only day that you can help us make this step of faith. After service at the kiosk in the welcome area, uh, Angie's going to be there, and she's going to take your ticket orders. Because if we don't have a critical mass enough, I'm not saying we have to reach the 192 today, but, boy, we better be close up there, all right? Because it's just not worth trying to take that initiative on. So this is the response from this congregation. We'd like to do a theater, just rent the whole theater out on April the 9th, and that will be our gathering for the month of April. Does that sound good? And then if we do it early afternoon, we can all go to the food court, go to California Kitchen, go to Lazy Dog, whatever, right? It's at the Promenade Mall, of course. And so this is what we'd like to do and just interact and spend time together as family. How many of you are in? Hey, right there. Take counts. Right there. Five each. Right we go. We're good. All we need is 40 sets of people to do five each, and we're good, right? So this is what it is, $9 a piece, or we'll let you have five of them for 40 bucks. We're good with that, and you need to sign up. And if you can, pay, because skin in the game is important. And I do believe, did we get this set up on push pay, Debbie? All right. If you text the awakening, the word awakening to 77977, because that's a way that you can give in the offerings and stuff, there's actually a place there that says Case for Christ Outreach, and you can buy your tickets with a credit card online. How about that? All right. So that's a little bit of the promotional stuff, but I tell you what's behind it is us being a community that's a movement in this valley to reach people for Christ and do it together as a team. Amen? All right. So, you can go to the next slide. We're just gonna, you can just park it there. As we're in this in-between time, I want to hear from you. Did God do something in the last series speak to you that you'd just like to stand up? And I think Josh has the microphone here. And say, this run with Nehemiah, God used this in my life 
and just share that briefly or maybe a thought that just still sticks with you. Eight weeks. Come on. Do you remember any of the eight weeks? How about even last week? I, I know the tension spans short. But I want to give you a chance to respond just together as a church community. You just stand, say your name, and you will get a microphone today. Nehemiah, favor with kings. You don't want me to start reviewing it because then I'll end up doing the preaching. Over here. Jared, and um, I work security for Marina Valley Mall. And uh, this past week, I was able to stop a 15-year-old kid from committing suicide. Wow. Um, I noticed him in our parking structure where he's not supposed to be, and I was like, oh, he looked like he's just a kid. But he looked like he had something sharp in his hand, and so I went and talked to him. I said, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, man, I'm just having a bad day. And I said, we're all having bad days. My name is Jared. Come sit in the car and talk with me. I'm not supposed to do it, but I told him we're all human beings that, we all need someone to talk to, the mentor. And I remember from Nehemiah where he went and talked to the people, to mm. simply talk to them, to simply mentor to them, simply pastor them. Mm. So I used this moment to not, I didn't really share Christ, but I showed him what love is, mm. that we should love each other as a human being no matter what we're going through. So I thought I'd share that and say that whatever we do on our daily life, whether at work or at home or walking anywhere, People can we can see that people are in trouble. A simple hi or a smile can mm. simply change their day. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, the whole story, you know, behind Nehemiah, it wasn't about building the wall. It was about the people, right? And the wall was broken, but the people were broken, and that young man was definitely broken. How old was he? David. I want to pray for David. God knows who he is. Somebody else, something that God used in Nehemiah just to bring encouragement to you from the last eight-week run. Hi, my name is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. We should do that to AA right? thing. Hi, yeah, right? Paul. Man. So I've, um, I've been, well, Nehemiah, I just love the series, first of all, so thank you for it. It was just uh, every week I loved coming and listening and getting something out of it. And every time I say, I'm going to go and, like, can I get the slides? Can I do this? Can I steal it and use it at my school? So, um, but I've been, one of the things, I've been working at a Christian school this year which is the first time, and I thought, I've always wanted to work at a Christian school. I thought that was made sense. But um, things have changed a little bit, and the school I was working at is coming back in a new way. And I think this series kind of helped me confirm that maybe it's time to go back to that school, which is not a Christian school, for the reason of being a light for others mm. instead of being inside uh. everything where everyone is you know, more – I mean, not everyone in a Christian school is Christian – as you know, but I think I can reach more people outside, kids and adults, if I'm not in that system. And so I think it kind of, it's a steep, uh, kind of a leap of faith because the school's going to be brand new. We don't even know how many kids we have. We don't even know if we're going to have a school. So it's one of those, but I want to be at the ground level of it. And I think of Nehemiah being, having that passion. It's like, we got to go do and wow. rebuild this. And for me, it's kind of like, oh, we need to, this is a way to start building something. So, That's great, Paul. It's um, sort of like Nehemiah did, leaving the comforts of the palace in Persia to go 800 miles to Jerusalem to a broken down, crazy place 
That's a great word of testimony. Thanks, Paul. We're praying for that whole decision issue. Up here at the front. Hey, I'm Kimmy. Hi, Kimmy. <laughs> That's really good because I am a member of AA. Um, every, every, every day I spend uh, time with people who are broken. And this series helped me lift me up because being with people who are broken can emotionally pull on you, drain you. And Nehemiah was a great reminder of where to go back and get your strength. Mm. Your strength is in the Word and in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that and these people, some of them don't want to hear what I might want to say. Uh, they think, nah, my life is terrible and it's all this guy's fault. But what I am able to do is just sit with them, let them talk, and be kind of an example because I used to kind of be, I was like them. You wouldn't have liked me. So um, it is really good to be able to carry, like Paul was talking about, Jared was talking mm. about, that light to others. And I am exceedingly blessed. And Nehemiah gave me a lot more strength. It was wonderful. That's Thanks. great, Kimmy. Thank you. Sure, that's where he found his strength. A couple, couple more. Trevor. So I'm Trevor, as he said. Um, the biggest part of this entire series that got to me was the building of the wall and that each family was taking care of their own little part. And to me, when um, Pastor Kerry was talking about offering, that sort of struck me as my part of putting into my section of the wall. And through that, I gave more than I've ever given before. And it was a very tight situation for myself, but God came through and blessed me more than I ever saw. And to me, that's God saying, you're putting into your wall, I'm going to protect you because of your sacrifice. Thanks, Trevor. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to embellish on that a little bit. He came to me in life group a week ago Wednesday, and he goes, Carrie, you remember that challenge to tithe for three months and see what God would do, the tithe being 10% of what you make you give to God? He says, yeah, I took you up on that challenge, but you also said that uh, it was a money-back guarantee if things didn't work out. <laughs> he says, last week, Carrie, I almost had to come to you. I was down to my last dollar <laughs> to say, hey, that money-back guarantee kind of thing. But then God came through. It was great to hear that. All right, someone else? John, all the way back, sure. Or, yeah. Sound person can do it. So mine's kind of on the same finances, but the burden that God put on me to go forth with the financial piece came a lot from the same uh, offerings and teachings. Just uh, There's another section of the book on being in the right place. Uh, God puts you in a place for a reason, and he had me in a couple different uh, sermons that put that same burden on me and here I'm going out of my comfort zone to teach a class that I think is going to help a lot of pe- people and families. So that's, that's great. Out of it. And financial peace had a good kickoff. You had 12 people. We had 
Maybe maybe more coming this week, and yeah, definitely get involved in that Wednesday night. Just come at 7 or talk to John afterwards. But that all came out of John's heart, as you heard, in some of those weeks to, to, to step into a mission he felt God was leading him to. Uh, sort of fun. Someone else want to go? I don't. I, we've got some other kinds of interactions we're going to do and some interviews. Um, so we good? All right. So here's the deal. Um, this journey has not only been a journey for us individually, but it's been a journey for us as a church. My word of testimony uh, concerning this journey is that God, um, with the people that he had me uh, listening to and reading about and the studies and that, he really pressed me into uh, keeping the awakening church at the forefront of my thinking for what God's calling us to do. And so this journey has been a personal journey for me, but it's really been a strengthening journey uh, for what God's planning for us to do. And um, you heard me share, I don't forget what a week was, a couple weeks, about the whole concept of there being three doors. Do you remember that? And that this is the strategic part of what we're doing as a church. If we're going to build the wall, rock the valley, reach people for Christ, that we need to be really crystal clear on these doors. And that is the front door, uh, the weekend Sunday worship, catalytic, strong, engaging, real community, okay? And so we're going to continue to, to walk and, and, and deal with that. The weekly um, life groups are our side door. In other words, you know, people might not come to church on a Sunday morning, but they'll come to you uh, with maybe a life group. And some of you do have people in your life groups that aren't a part of this church on a regular basis, and that's cool. Um, but the monthly gathering that we just did really fits into that side door. So the gathering, instead of for this next month of us going and bunkering in a nice house and having a big potluck, we are taking the gathering on the road in part to be used as a side door to invite your invite five to be a part of what God wants to do in their life. All right. So both the weekly life groups, and I trust that you're in one. If not, you can and jump in one. And we're going to be doing the series Case for Christ in our life groups. It'll be coming up. So there'll be at least a nice four or five week run to test out a life group if you want. But the monthly gathering as well fits in that sort of that concept of a side door of going into a house. But then there was the third, the back door. And I can't believe how much this sort of caught life, this whole idea of a back door. In fact, uh, I think John for Financial Peace, and maybe they're here this morning. If you are, great. But, you know, he, he had some people say, hey, I want to come to Financial Peace. I saw it on the website, and they, they were there, I think, right? And so that's how cool is that because they were needing to have, you know, um, some direction with their financial debt world and, and, and whatnot. So the backdoor concept has grabbed a hold of a few people. And really what it is is just creative community initiatives, programs, and events. We threw out the idea of maybe someday God would enable us to have a facility that's like a community center rather than, you know, a churchy building with a steeple and a cross kind of deal. But it would be a community center. And I cast some of that vision based off of what I came from in Indianapolis and what God blessed there. But this backdoor thing, I'm just my I'm like ears to the ground listening to what God's doing because, right, it's not my church, right? It's Jesus's church. It's his body. So he's speaking. He's moving. And I had a phone call a couple, three weeks ago. The phone call was, hi, Carrie, this is Danny. I would like to have you meet with Joe and I about something that we think God might want us to do, and we think it might fit in that back door kind of idea. So uh, I think they got something before they come up to share about this.
<laughs> All right. There you go, man. All right. So uh, just briefly here, share with us how this idea come about and, and, and what's going to be happening. Hi, everybody. My name is Danny. Hold your mic there. My name is Danny. And uh, obviously, Hi, if you guys know, this is Joe. And, um, well, we like to off-road, go out camping and do the outdoors thing. And um, we're over at the Axine's house uh, at our Monday night Bible study, and we got challenged into uh, just thinking about a way of doing an outreach or just reaching the community. And, um, well, Joe and I, we started thinking, and weeks went by, and a month went by, and it's like, man, we got to, I'm like, what's happening here? I mean, how can this be so difficult? And, uh well, we figured, hey, we like to off-road. And uh, I went to Joe's house on a Sunday after church, and Joe and I are sitting down, and I'm like, hey, how about we, we just get an off-road ministry together and uh, go out there and get covered in mud and go meet people and uh, go push Jesus to people that might not even get a chance to hear him because they're going to be out there on Sunday on the weekends. That's when we go out to the desert. And, um, well, Joe and I prayed about it. And uh, we kind of put it on the back burner just for a bit. And then after that, it was on. I mean, from the back burner, it went to the full broil, and it was on like Donkey Kong. We, uh, we, uh, I started reaching out to the people I know and the community members that I have. And uh, Joe did the same thing, and he took his skill set and put it into play. And uh, a lot of the stuff that you're seeing right now, the shirts and uh, the emblem, Joe, Joe designed that. Uh, and... Um, we decided, okay, how can we save souls? I mean, that's the that's the goal is is making sure that make an unsafe place for the enemy, that no place is safe for him to to hang out and not have somebody that is pushing the Jesus side on people. So, uh, well, that was pretty much it. That was our goal was to just be able to go out there and uh, and, and have a positive impact on people and be able to just just be able to help them. The, people are really open to help when you're out when you're off road. Uh, as soon as you get stuck, a lot of those pictures you saw there, the, one of those was a, like a half a mile, almost a mile mud pit that I got myself stuck in. And uh, after about 30 minutes of digging through mud and stuff, we finally got out. Well, those things happen to everybody when you're out there. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to actually uh, just help people out in whatever way they can, whether it's prayer or ministry. And we, we'd like to be able to attach this to uh, to a number of other things to just be able to help out in general. So. The, um, we started bantering around different ideas, and, and knowing Joe here, man, you're, you're on the logo thing. You're moving forward. You got the T-shirts. Those are nice shirts here this morning, by the way. There you go. And uh, <laughs> Josh got one somehow here. We can probably talk to you about it. Can you put back up those? Can you put back up those vehicles there? That slide. All right. You know, we we didn't do this in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> But can a Hoosier boy go on one of those sometime? Yeah. And Will I come back okay? Oh, yes. All right. just want to know. All right. The, um, just share a little bit, whether Joe or Danny, you got, um, how do you envision some of this rolling out, just some of your initial thoughts of it? Uh, I know a lot of people do go away on weekends and that kind of thing, and this whole idea of keeping the community of Christ, the church a priority, how do you make that decision? Well, maybe your decision is off-road church, off-road church. Kind of, I mean, you're mindful of that dilemma working with that, but I know there's some Saturday things. You're thinking about maybe some weekend things, but even as you're there, maybe some gatherings, because you don't need to be in this building to do church, right? 
to be able to meet with God. So what are your th- some of your thoughts and how it starts to roll out? Hello, my name is Joe. <laughs> Hi. Um, I think I think we're going to get that going on a Saturday because okay. I think um, we, we definitely don't want to miss church. We definitely want to get the word so we can get strengthened and continue spreading the gospel. So I think Saturdays is probably going to be the way to go. There might be in the future where we may may hold like a camping trip, and it might be like a Saturday or Sunday. Sure. But that's going to be later on as we progress into our adventures, and and we know who can do that. And not not everybody will be able to or like camping for two days. So we're going to try it out little by little and see how people are. For people like me. Yeah, I mean, for people who and my don't, wife would haven't say done definitely, it. He, she's not he's not a camping kind of guy. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about the whole idea that people are out there and they're hanging, those kinds of things. Sometimes people break down, that kind of thing. It's hot, you know, water, that kind of stuff, that there's a way to be able to do service kind of opportunities for those people. So you're just not out there Bible thumping them or something like that. But you're actually living life on life. Or I experienced it even as we were at this coffee shop. We walked out and they start pot spotting the trucks in the parking lot. I bet that guy's an off-road person. Yeah. I bet that guy's an off-road yeah. person, right? So it's really the community life that you're building back in the valley. It's not necessarily the the trips are a part of that, right, or the, the Saturday gigs. But it's networking the people. You know what I'm saying? The wall is not about the wall. This ministry is not about off-roading, right? No. It's about the people to have an affinity connection Absolutely. with this. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you go down on Winchester Road daily, you see people driving an off-road truck. I'm like, man, that person could be like part of our group. And we made business cards for that purpose because it's, like, for instance, yesterday we went to get a smoothie, and I pulled up to get a smoothie, and uh, I parked, and right next to me, a Jeep parked, and I'm like, I got mm. business cars. <laughs> the guy actually went to the smoothie place, and he got some smoothies, too, and he forgot his wallet, so he went back to the truck to get his wallet, and I'm looking. I'm going to get him. <laughs> So I went out, I got the business cards, and I said, hey, do you like off-roading? He's like, yeah, why? It's like, oh, because we're doing this ministry at our church, and uh, I'd love to give you a car, see if you can join us. He was like, okay. I mean, that's all he said, but at least he has a card. Okay. Later, you know? <laughs> no, so hopefully he'll come through. Well, what I like about it, and even as you've done up logos, and I know you're still working with logo issues, that kind of stuff, is that Backdoor doesn't mean you're sneaky, all right? It just means alternative, creative kinds of ways to build bridges and networks with people who will never shadow the door of the church, just like you're probably not going to go to a mosque or a Hindu temple, right? Who, people think about, oh, why would I go to church? It has no relevancy in my life. So we take the church on the road. And Jesus, I mean, you got a verse, right? What's your verse you guys are using for this? You, you got that? You yep, pull that up? And, you know, Jesus talked about going out into the highways and the byways of life issues. But um, I uh, want you to know that the whole creative idea of a backdoor ministry is the creative part. But it's not like, you know, taking a cheap shot at somebody. You're saying, here's a ministry. You put a cross and that kind of thing. Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, and it's uh, Luke 3, uh, 4 to 6, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. For every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Isn't that great? I mean, that, that'll preach a few weekends right there, right? That's great. 
And don't you love their, uh, their little slang thing here? God made dirt. Dirt don't hurt, right? Can you guys, these guys, uh, appreciate it? Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to invite somebody else up. I, um, you know, we were in this series, and uh, last week I made mention of the word, the worship, and um, the walk. And if you uh, remember those three points, we uh, had some challenges in the midst of those. And the word um, was that um, learn God's word, know and understand. If you remember in, math, in, in Nehemiah, after they built the wall, they um, had Ezra, the Bible study leader, come out and speak on the law of Moses. And there was this huge revival, right? This aspect of the word was a part of our subject and a life group a few weeks ago. And something happened in our life group that I will remember forever. I'd like to invite Adriana to come up. Would you welcome Adriana? <laughs> Bold move for the girl. Good? Yeah. All right. So um, many of you know Adriana. She's a single mom with three kids. We're endeared especially to Adriana. She has a Down syndrome gal that's just like we have a Down syndrome boy in our family. And um, Adriana, it was about a year ago that you walked into my office. I maybe think I might have met you once, maybe not. But your life was not at a very good place. And God's done a tremendous work in your life in this last year. And um, what were some of the emotions and feelings? What was happening in your life at that time a year ago? Okay. Well, I was kind of in a stupor. Um, I was in a really broken, soul-shattering kind of place. And I just remember um, I walked in, and one of the first things I said to you was, um, I don't know why I'm here, but I know I can't keep going, and I'm lost. And lost kind of just sums up all of it over here. Um, so he connected me with Debbie Taylor, and um, a couple of weeks later I got together with her, and she showed me that all the answers that I was looking for, everything that I was running away from was in there. And so um, after that I just slowly but surely um, started realizing what my life could be if I just took that leap of faith. And Adrienne is one of the few people in my life as a pastor of all these years, when she sat down and in the brokenness and what was happening in your life, I'm like, wow, well, here's, here's four things I'd like you to do, right? I won't list those four, but one was, hey, get connected to a community of Christ, and I want you to maybe meet with a mentor. I hadn't even called Debbie at the time, and Debbie has built this mentoring relationship with you. But Adrienne is one of the few people I've seen that did everything I ask. <laughs> She actually followed through, and God's worked in her life tremendously in this past uh, 11, 12 months. Now, we're at Life Group a couple weeks ago. We're on this whole aspect of the Word, and I think I threw out the question to some regards. How has the Word been used in your life um, to make an impact, make you stronger, whatever it is? And you can just sort of take it from there and do what you're going to do. Okay. Um so what the God's word has done for me is it shows me that, um, well, at first I didn't think I could memorize anything in the Bible. I thought I was just not built for that. But 
um, as my heart started going after God, he showed me that um, his words could heal me, they could protect me, they could comfort me, and um, most of all, they showed me how to love others and myself the way that he loves me and I him. So um, that night at Life Group, I recited some things for my Life Group that I do every day. And um, Every day you do this? I do this every day. Every day. Okay. Um, and it's Psalm 91. I don't feel like to just say it now. Um, it's, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys in midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't that powerful? I see a tear, and we were too. God has done a great thing. And the Word of God is speaking strength into your life in many of the broken ways. Is there a certain part of that that 91, which she first said, my wife says, I know you know. Somebody, she says, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's long. I'm thinking, okay. And she just kept going and going and going and going. And it's such a rich, rich psalm. If you're needing um, the understanding of God's protection and his sovereignty and power, is there a part of Psalm 91 that, that you carry with a little bit more endearment? Yes. Um, it's he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. Um, it's because it's a promise that that's what he does. He protects me. He soothes me. He's where I go. He is my refuge. Um, and that just always sticks with me in, in times of trouble and in times of rejoicing. That's just where I go. Amen. Now I'm going to do something to you that you might not be comfortable with, but I believe this is the next step. And you said you obey everything I've done, right? So really <laughs> God's moving you through healing, and he's giving you strength in his word and knowledge of his word. He's equipping you now to do what you just did, have ministry with people. This whole concept of the word is there something you would just like to specifically to say to us as a body concerning the word of God for our personal lives? And so the step here is now that you're a teacher, you're an exhorter. Bold move. Anything that comes to you to, I haven't told her this question beforehand, guys. So as it relates to the word of God, how would you encourage us in what you've been through with this journey of the word? Um, well, it's a tough one. Um, basically, it's, just as I sat in the in the office that day and I said Adriana here's four things you can do one thing 
that you would encourage us to do related to this journey of you and the word. If you don't come up with one, I can give you one. I'll whisper it to you. Yes, please. Um, I don't know. I guess just to, that it's okay to have all of those. It's okay for those to be afraid or to be scared or to be. But um, I think it's important for everyone to just be honest about it and together. And, and that's just where you um, heal from the inside out. And that's where I found myself is through everyone here. It was through the word. Um, and to anyone out there that may be struggling or does, you know is afraid to speak up, just you're not alone. Um, but no, that's a great word because that's sort of where it starts. It's me standing in the need and to be real. And you've been real from the get-go, and you continue to be real. I'll tag on a second one for you because of what they just experienced. Memorize the word of God. Amen. It's not beyond your ability to memorize, whether it's a verse, whether it's a whole chapter. I told Adriana, and you guys know that I've memorized the word, and a lot of that came from early on. It's, it's more of a challenge now that it was in my younger years, and I was encouraging her, that she has a gift in this, yes, but she has a discipline that she took the word of God to hide in her heart. Amen? Thank you. And finally, I want to invite Mike Smith up. Mike, um, many of you know Mike. Mike is a, a warrior for Jesus. And Mike, um, Mike causes me to wrestle. Does Mike cause you to wrestle with God or wrestle with the Holy Spirit? Because he, he's always at it. I know there's a season this last year in your life that were some challenges, and then I, I could just I was like taken back because I wouldn't see you some in that disposition, but you kept pressing through, and God works in your life. We had men's breakfast here yesterday. I know it was 25 people, whatever. Drake has said, give a, a great job. Is what God's moving around the world and on our hearts, what we need to expect. And um, I knew that God was speaking. We watched a video clip of masses of millions of people coming to know Christ over in Africa, and uh, Mike stood up after that. And you had a burden on your heart. And I was just forced yesterday um, to say, God, I can't continue to let Mike stand up or reach out to people and say, this is a burden on me. I think it's a burden for us as a church. And I don't know what to do with it. But I'm going to put Mike up in front tomorrow. And we're going to schedule an opportunity or two and see where this thing goes. But um, I don't know, Justin, if you have a slide up there. It's my last slide, I think it was, that um, on the word, the worship, um, all the way down at the bottom of that. The word, the worship, and the walk, um, what we said last week, if you remember this, was when you understand who God is and who you are, then you will find strength through joy for what you are facing. Remember that word from last week? This whole idea of understand who God is and who you are, bringing the joy and thus the strength in your life, is directly on this subject that you've been burdened with. Because who God is today in our presence is the Holy Spirit. And who you and I are is we are people who are possessed. If we're a follower of Jesus, we are possessed by the Spirit. But yet we do not walk in the fullness and the power of the Spirit. And so you just share a little bit here. I know time's running, but uh, uh, 
a snippet of your burden and then what at least I said, let's try to do this. Sure. Oh, I need your mic here. There you go. <laughs> well, I'm listening to the Spirit right now, and I'm wanting him to tell me what I'm supposed to talk about today. Because that's what life is, being led by his Spirit. <clears throat> it's not being led by our emotion. It's not being led by our intellect. It's about being led by the Spirit of God who knows all things. And that's what he's placed his spirit inside of us. Now, what that means, how you've been taught, I know how I was taught when I just first came to know the Lord, and it was not a good teaching. It wasn't a complete teaching. And that was the motor that needed to drive me to become the godly man I needed to be. I went as far as I could in my intellect and my emotion. But then I finally, finally found some good teaching about who the Holy Spirit is. And how you reach him, how you talk to him, how he talks to you. And I want to share that teaching with you guys because, believe me, it's life-changing. It will change this church. A spirit-led church is a dynamic church. A spirit-led life is a dynamic life. It's not, and we can be led by many, many, many things. And most of the time, we're led by our intellect and we're led by our emotion. And those things are not bad. Because God gave them to us. And if God gave them to us, God has emotion. God has intellect. But he wants us to be sped, wants us to be led by his spirit. But we have a hard time understanding and knowing how to get that. Knowing how to, how to have our spirit speak with his spirit. And it's a discipline. So God's given me this burden. And he's given me an anointing and teaching. I've been sent forth by certain people to do this. So I feel a burden to do this. It, not only this church, but this is kind of where God's calling me to go from here on out. I need to teach this. I need to teach this. And it's just something that is so important for us in our Christian life. And it will give us completeness. completeness. It'll give us direction. It'll give us power. And then all of a sudden, you're going to see a lot of things happen in your life that's going to be completely different. Amen. Amen. The um, I know you got a couple, three verses there. Maybe you can read for us in a second. But what I um, have communicated here with Mike is for the next two Sunday mornings. And you may say, what? I have something else you want me to do? <laughs> this is not something just to check off. I believe God's laying a burden on some of you because there is this need in your life, how your your mojo of operation is by intellect emotions, but it's really not by being led by the Spirit of God. And you can look over your shoulder and see how meandering you were. All right? God wants to lead you, and God wants to speak to you. God wants to empower you. So much teaching through the Holy Spirit. So for the next two Sunday mornings, you don't have to come for both, just come for one. I've asked Mike if he would show up over in the student room at 9 a.m. in the morning. Some of you are bringing your kids for worship practice anyway for a kid's company. At 9 a.m., and Mike is going to be there to interact, to teach, to share just some introductory thoughts concerning the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? We don't know where it's going after nope. the next two Sundays. It could go to a group. It maybe could go to some other kinds of means. But I just could not get away from the ongoing burden God has placed on your heart and how you keep, I mean, you keep it before me in a very healthy way, Mike. You need to know that he's not a pestering kind of guy. But I'm like, there's something here. 
for us as a church. I am not the leader of this church. Jesus is, and he's Amen. working through us as a body, whether it's an off-road ministry, right, scripture memorization, or teaching on the Holy Spirit. And so um, just share with us those verses real quick. And then the band, if you're here, we're going to come up. We're going to close with the song on the Holy Spirit. And that's how we're finishing out the day. Well, in, in Romans 8.14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So that tells me that we need to be led by the Spirit. And then also farther down the verse, it says, The Spirit itself, or himself, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So that tells me that God speaks to us through our spirit. Now, that's a discipline. We need to learn how to do that. That's not something that comes easy for a human being because we're so filled with our intellect and our emotion. So it's a discipline that has to be learned. So here's the bottom, bottom line, though. 2 Corinthians 3.17, and this is the reward. The Lord is the Spirit. Wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is life. Amen. Now, we all want that. But we have to learn the discipline. And then, and it's fun. Believe me, it's fun. When you start learning that discipline and you feel that spirit moving in you, it is fun. Okay? Thank you. Let's close by singing this song. The uh, ushers are going to come to receive your connection cards as well as the Lord's tithes and offerings. But let's worship him because we want the spirit not only here in this room, but with us as we go. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. And in him, there is blessing and there is life. Let's worship him.